For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Once again, Mervis sets the standard for jewelry. You've got to see our new collection. Straight row diamond tennis bracelets remain a favorite. They're simple and elegant. Our neck pieces are so sexy, they're almost illegal. Imagine a perfect diamond suspended from a delicate gold chain, resting securely in the small of her throat. What a beautiful, sensuous gift. Our magnificent diamond bands will melt her heart. The Mervis diamonds are ferociously brilliant. They seem to leap out at you. The designs are daring and rare. You'll find them at one place only, Mervis. And as for earrings, Mervis proudly shows the newest diamond ear studs, dangles, hoops, and anything else you can imagine. When you really love her, show it with Mervis Diamond Jewelry, the best there is. Two philosophies unite everything at Mervis. The finest quality and legendary Mervis value. The prices are almost too good to be true. Come see for yourself. She'll thank you forever. Mervis Diamond Importers. Financing is available. Go to MervisDiamond.com. Again, that's MervisDiamond.com or call 1-800-HER-LOVE. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, NM member of the IC. Christmas 1965 and Monitor presents A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, starring the late Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge in the classic dramatization adapted and directed by Daley Passman and narrated by Richard Hale. Once there was a dreadful old man named Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, he was a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, clutching old sinner. Scrooge had been in partnership for many years with Jacob Marley, so his firm was known as Scrooge and Marley. But Marley had been dead for seven years. Yes, Marley was dead, dead as a doornail. And old Scrooge lived alone and disliked everybody. He had a clerk in his office named Bob Cratchit. And he only paid the poor fellow who had a wife and four children a wage that scarcely fed them. The meager office that Cratchit sat in was like a cold, dismal little cell. When Cratchit stopped to warm his hands over the burnt-out coal, Scrooge looked up over his glasses and said, Cratchit, get on with your work. Well, you see, sir, my fire is almost out and my hands are numb. I need another bit of coal to keep warm, sir. How many times have I told you I won't have you burning up my coal as if it were rubbish? But, sir... Back to your work. Yes, sir. It was Christmas Eve, and into the office of Scrooge and Marley popped Scrooge's nephew, Fred. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. The humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle? You don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Oh, come now. What right have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Death, humbug. Oh, don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older, not an hour richer. <laughs> if I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stick of holly through his heart. Oh, Uncle. Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Well, let me leave it alone, then. 
Much good may it do you. <laughs> Much good it ever has done you. But, Uncle, Christmas is the only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their hearts freely. <laughs> and therefore, Uncle, although it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Good for you, lad. Another word out of you, Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. Oh, don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. Good afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry with all my heart to find you so determined. So, a Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good afternoon. <clears throat> well, sir, it's... Uh... It's what? It's shutting up time, sir. Yes, 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 yes. And, sir... I was wondering whether you would allow me the day off. That is, if it's convenient, sir. It's not convenient and it's not fair. If I were to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself very ill-used, wouldn't you? And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. But it's Christmas only once a year, sir. Yeah, Christmas. Nothing but a poor excuse to pick a man's pocket every December the 25th. And you were clerk with 15 shillings a week and a wife and family talking about a Merry Christmas. Yeah. May I have tomorrow off, sir? I suppose you must. But be here all the earlier the next morning. I will, sir. I will indeed, sir. Uh, Thank you, sir. Late that evening, Scrooge left his dreary office and went home to his dismal chambers. Uh, chambers once occupied by his dear partner, Marley. It was dark, and when he reached the house, he was amazed to notice that the knocker on the door was... <laughs> I, I could have sworn that was Marley's face in the knocker. Ah, oh, rubbish, nothing to it. So up the stairs he went as boldly as he could and entered his dark, gloomy rooms. Yes. Darkness was cheap, and so he liked it, the old miser. Inside his rooms, everything appeared as it should be. Nobody under the table. Nobody under the sofa. Nobody in the closet. And nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Quite satisfied, he locked the door, took off his coat put on his dressing jacket and his pointed nightcap and sat down before the fire to take his meager gruel. As he sat looking at the low fire, he suddenly realized that every tile about the grate had on it a copy of old Marley's face staring at him. Humbug. Humbug. I won't believe it. Rubbish. Scrooge walked across the room. After several turns, he sat down again. He threw his head back in the chair. There was an old bell high up in the rooms, and it began to ring, while a noise downstairs made him start. What's that? Who's there? Who is it? Who is it? Suddenly, right through the wall, and then, behold, inside the room, Scrooge saw before his very eyes. Marley! What do you want with me? Much. Who are you? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Don't you believe me? They don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your own senses? Oh, because the little thing affects the senses? 
A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more gravy than grave about you, whatever you are. Oh, <laughs> oh mercy. Dreadful apparition. Why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? Oh, I do, I do, I do. I must. But, but why do spirits walk the earth? And why do they come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men. <laughs> And travel far and wide and do good. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. Oh! No, please don't do that. You're shackled. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. Is its pattern strange to you? Jacob. Jacob Marley. Tell me more. Speak comfort to me, Jacob. I've none to give Ebenezer Scrooge. In life, my spirit never rode beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole. And weary journeys lie before me. Hear me, my time is nearly gone. I will, I will. But don't be hard on me, Jacob. I'm here tonight to warn you that you've yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, Ebenezer. You always were a good friend to me. Thank you. Hear what I say. You will be haunted by three spirits. Huh? Without their visit, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more. And remember what has passed between us. When the ghost vanished in the dark, bleak night... Scrooge denounced the whole thing. Bah! I won't believe it. The whole business is rubbish. Humbug. Then he went to bed and was soon asleep. When Scrooge awoke, it was still dark. The chimes of a neighboring church had just struck twelve. Twelve o'clock. Why, it was past two when I went to bed. That clock's wrong. An icicle must have got into the works. Twelve. It isn't possible I could have slept through the whole day and far into another night. It isn't possible anything's happened to the sun. And it's twelve noon. He scrambled out of bed and groped his way to the window. All he could make out was that it was still very foggy and extremely cold. So back to bed he went and thought and thought and thought. He said he'd be here when the bell tolled one. <laughs> when the bell tolled one. Humbug. <gasps> one o'clock. The hour itself and nothing else. I knew it. <gasps> Suddenly a light flashed up in the room and the first of the promised spirit visitors stood before him. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold me? I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. Well, what brings you here? Your welfare. Oh, I'm much obliged for keeping an old man from his sleep. Your reclamation, then. Take heed. Rise and walk with me. But I'm mortal and I'm liable to fall. There, but a touch of my hand. 
there. And you shall be upheld in more than this. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall of the room. The city had vanished entirely. They stood upon an open country road with fields on either side. Do you know where you are? Good heaven, I was raised in this place. I was a boy here. Ah, you recollect the way? Ah, uh, I could walk and blindfold. Strange you had forgotten it for so many years. <laughs> Lead on, spirit. I'll follow. Come. Do you see that schoolhouse? Do you remember? Yes, yes, yes. Of yes. course you do. You see, the school is not quite deserted, even though it is Christmas Eve. A solitary child neglected by his friends is left there still. Do you know who that boy is? <gasps> of course I do. It's me. It's my own last boyhood. My poor forgotten self as I used to be. Poor lonely boy. I wish... Wish what? Uh, nothing. It's too late now. Too late for what? Nothing, 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 nothing. Uh, last night, a boy was singing a Christmas carol at my door. I should have liked to have given him something. That's all. Come. Let us see another Christmas. Now the spirit took him to another Christmas, when old Marley was lying at death's door. Oh, spirit, show me no more. Conduct me home. Why do you delight in torturing me? One shadow more. No, no, more. No more. No, no, I don't want to see it. Show me no more. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you these were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me. I can't bear it. Take me back and haunt me no longer. Take me back. Take me back. There's no saying what else the spirit of Christmas past would have shown him had Scrooge not managed to get hold of the extinguisher which the spirit had been carrying. By pressing this down, Scrooge put out the light of the spirit like a snuffed candle. Then he reeled into bed and sank into a heavy sleep. <laughs> One o'clock. What's that? What's that ghostly light shining through the next room? I'll shut it out. Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Come in. Come in and know me better, man. What do you want with me? What have you done to my room here? This is my room. But it's undergone a strange transformation. This holly and mistletoe. What does it mean and who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas present. Come closer. Fear me not. Spirit, conduct me where you will. Tonight, if you have aught to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe. Gladly. Now, what do you see? I see bright-colored lights, gaiety, children on sleds, playing in the snow. Do you see that house over there? The one with the Christmas wreath on the door? Of course. It's the humble home of my clerk, Bob Cratchit. He's carrying Tiny Tim, his little son. See the boy's little crouch and his helpless limbs. How tenderly his father holds him. Let's go closer. A very Christmas cross all, my dear. A merry Christmas to us all. Merry Christmas. 
God bless us, everyone. That's a tiny kid. See how close he sits to his father's side. And look, he's holding tiny kids with a little hands in his. He fears of losing the lad. Tell me, spirit, if tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Oh, no, no, kind spirit. Say you live. Say you live. But the spirit whirled him on to many homes and places, showing him misery and want as well as happiness. Then the spirit vanished, and a new and different figure appeared. It came slowly and silently toward him. It was shrouded in a deep black garment, which left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. This was the third and last of his ghostly visitors. Scrooge braced himself and said, Yes, 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 I know. You're the ghost of Christmas yet to come. I fear you more than any specter I've seen. But I know your purpose is to do me good. I'm prepared to bear you company. Lead on, spirits. Lead on. The phantom moved, and Scrooge followed. And at length, the ghost of Christmas yet to come brought him to a neglected gravestone. What's this? These awful weeds. I can hardly see. Whose name's written on this crumbled stone? What? It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Me? Oh, no, spirit. No, no. Spirit, hear me. I'm, I'm not the man I was. I'll not be the man I must have been. Good spirit, pity me. Assure me I, I may yet change these shadows you've shown me by an altered light. I, I'll honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. Oh, tell me I may wipe off the writing of this terrible stone. In his agony, he caught the spectral hand, but the spirit repulsed him. As Scrooge held up his hands in the last prayer to have his fate reversed, he saw an alteration in the phantom shape. It began to shrink. It collapsed. And then... <laughs> this bedpost. Yes, yes. Why, it's my own. This bed. It's my own bed. My very own. This room. My own rooms. Oh, bless it all. I live the past, the present, and the future. I will, I will. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. I'm as light as a feather. I'm happy as an angel. I'm merry as a schoolboy. Hey, hello outside there. What is today? Why, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day! I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. Hello, my fine fella. Hello. Do you know the poultry shop in the next street, the, 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 the one in the corner? Indeed, I do, sir. Oh, an intelligent boy. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? The little one? No, not little one. No, no, no. The, the, the big one. 
What? The one as big as me? <laughs> ah, what a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, my lad. It's hanging there now. Is it? Go on and buy it. Are you joking? No, 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 no. I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here that I may give him the directions where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes I'll give you half a crown. I'll be back with it as quick as a shot, sir. <laughs> Look at him, Ron. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit's. He shan't know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. I'll send the poultry with it and the cab so Cratchit will have it in time. No, then I'll hie myself to my nephew's home. Will they be surprised to see me? Ha, 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 ha. Dressed in his best, Scrooge at last got into the streets. People were pouring forth. Scrooge greeted everyone with a delightful smile and... Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge! Uh, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! He went to church and gave a large donation for the poor. He walked gaily about the streets. He never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he arrived at his nephew's house. What can I do for you, sir? Is your master at home, my dear? Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? Why, bless my soul, who is that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come to dinner. Will you let me in, friend? Of course, Uncle. Make yourself at home. We'll have a wonderful party, wonderful games, and wonderful happiness. The next morning, Scrooge was early at the office. If he could just catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing he'd set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. Cratchit was full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see him coming. Cratchit was on his stool in a jiffy. Then Scrooge came into the room. Hello. What do you mean by coming here this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. Yes, indeed you are. Oh, it's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... Therefore... I'm about to raise your salary. Oh. A Merry Christmas, Bob. Oh, a Merry Christmas to you, A sir. Merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I've given you for many a year. I'll endeavor to assist your struggling family. Oh, sir. Make up the fires, my boy, and buy another scuttle of coal before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Yes, sir. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and more. And to tiny Tim, who did not die, he was the second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. Or any other good old city in the good old world. He had no further experience with spirits, but lived a happy life ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if anybody did. And may that truly be said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed... God bless us. Everyone. Yes, Tiny Tim. God bless us, everyone.
Punisher is presented A Christmas Carol, starring the late Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge, in a production adapted and directed by Daley Passman, narrated by Richard Hale, with an original musical score composed and directed by Samuel Timberg. This is Monitor sending greetings across the nation on the NBC radio network. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Nothing will flatter her more than Mervis Diamond ear studs. She'll wear them every day. It's the one essential she'll never take off. Mervis Diamond ear studs are classic. They're the ideal accessory. Our studs are brighter and flash more. That's my guarantee. It's the world-famous Mervis quality which creates that blaze of light. Mervis Diamonds are so brilliant, it's rude not to stare. Mervis proudly shows the most diamond ear studs. We offer all sizes and prices. Starting at just $500 for gorgeous half carrots, our unrivaled collection includes studs from modest to truly grand. The amazing thing is the Mervis value, which makes our diamond ear studs so affordable. For the rest of time, you can trade up your Mervis diamond ear studs for larger, and we'll apply the full purchase price. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Just bring your studs back whenever you're in the mood and keep moving up. All you pay is the difference. Mervis Diamond Importers. For diamond ear studs, she can't live without. Financing is available. For stores, go to MervisDiamond.com. Again, that's MervisDiamond.com or call 1-800-HER-LOVE. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now, only at BJ's. 